back to episode 48 of Anime Savants, everyone. And I am Grid Knight. And I am Mamoru Takamura from Hajime no Ippo and his gigantic pompadour. Oh, okay. And this is Anime Savants. So for news, I really don't have much of anything this week. Um, I think the biggest thing that I saw, well, I mean... There were big things, but James is going to talk about that. But I think the biggest thing that I saw outside the biggest piece of news this week was um, uh, that that worker from MAPA coming forward about the working conditions. The thing that, like, we were both, um, you know, guesstimating that (laughs) um, they're doing all of this. And, you know, what is it like? And uh, it's not good. And, And how could it be? Realistically, yeah. <laughs> how could it possibly have been good or be good now? Yeah. So it, I don't know. I guess, I guess like maybe the silence made things better because we didn't know. But now that I do know, I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck, man. So now every time you guys come out with like a banger fucking like soccer scene, I'm going to be like, how many people suffered for this? Yep. Who suffered? It's like the anime equivalent of Blood Diamonds. Lee, oh, I mean, compared to what they've been putting out, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. We, I mean, anybody with half a brain could figure out the moment you saw them on, I, over, on overlapping, like, AAA productions. Like It was, uh, it, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, I guess the other thing was that the Hathaway's Flash movie got delayed again. Again, again. And uh, apparently it's COVID, so I guess like the COVID, the COVID stuff is catching up as yeah, far as like yeah. anime production. Just, yeah. Also, I think they were locked. Did did Japan go into a lockdown again? I think for like three weeks. I think some other areas did start to go into a lockdown. Yeah. Not much that can be done, but it's it's funny because in the beginning of the pandemic, Japan was a lot less affected, and you could argue that some of it was just because they they weren't allowing as much tourism and the other thing is that they really did aggressively go after lockdowns but now that we're mm-hmm. at where we're at the fact that they haven't they don't they don't have a very strong vaccination program has really screwed up a lot of their media so you know one thing oh. i keep in mind is like we think about the anime studios but also they're trying to host the olympics this summer and they're still trying to do that yep, this year yep yep <laughs> oh wow yeah so that's the sort of elephant in the room is that you have all the all this backlog uh on like television production media production they haven't been able to get vaccination done the and some of these anime studios are i mean some have adjusted by outsourcing more but like we've seen shows get pushed back they're just shows that disappeared uh, at some point i want to go and um pull the list because i saw an article a couple weeks ago i just didn't think about it of all of the anime that were announced but never but they just seemed to have they just quietly didn't get released and uh, i was surprised because there were some names on there that i had remembered from like a year and a half ago that i was like oh yeah that's right that was supposed oh, to i was be about to say i hope you i hope sabikui bisco isn't on that because it wasn't anything that's like there's that i've seen a trailer for but some of the stuff that okay was, that was teased in 2019 um as being a oh, 2021 shit. release quietly got just pushed back or they just stopped talking about it altogether. So 
So there's oh, that that damn. shit happening. And okay, in the meantime, yeah. like they're trying to get the Olympics together, but there've been outbreaks all over the country. They've had to close, I think, three prefectures. It's complete lockdown. Like it's a mess. Well, well, fuck. Yep. Okay. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> At all. No. So. Oh wait. Well, I think yeah. I think that's all I have. The other thing I have is my topic, which I'm a, I'm gonna get into y'all's asses, but. Oh. <laughs> yeah, for for me, I'll, I'll bury the lead a little bit. I I did see the trailer that dropped for how a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom, and you know I'm a sucker for very dry premises. Um, that you know to do a full anime production of anything is a lot of work, and they are very they're sticking to the topic. It's a isekai where the dude comes back and just becomes a very very good administrator, right? Right? Like that's it. So. My guess is that the theme of the show is going to be how the like importing egalitarian, essentially like Western values into a fantasy feudal kingdom is like, you know, allows it to become overpowered and, and do everything, which is an interesting yeah. little twist on the usual isekai story where, I mean, this has been done before, mind you, this is not the first time it's happened, but like the, usually it's the, it's the main character who is getting op super strats off of some cheat code here the cheat code is just being western and industrialized i'm guessing and so that's what they're the 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 kingdom itself is more of the allegory to the character rather than the lead who in a lot of the frames just looks like kirito with slightly different hair like or oh no yeah but as long as he doesn't all these isekai protagonists look the same okay okay yeah uh, but is he like too resembling the Kirito? There are frames where I looked at it, and if you just change his hair color, he's either Kirito or Subaru. Oh shit! Okay, but he is a little older than usual. So this guy looks like he's in like you know seventeen, eighteen, rather than like fifteen or sixteen. So oh, maybe, so kind of like yeah, kind of like Shield Hero age. Yeah, so maybe there will be some adult. And when I say adult themes, I don't necessarily mean like arrow stuff i just mean more well-developed ideas that are played out through the show i don't know it sounds like there's a the the culture of the place he's going into is uh hierarchical and oppressive and so he's sort of coming in and doing the whole each according to his own skill and it's blowing everybody's mind like i didn't know and if we didn't discriminate against the lizard people maybe we could get some shit done like it's gonna be like that so oh okay okay yeah so i mean right now harmless i don't see too much fan service which is usually a good sign and uh again it's a pretty dry premise which these days i will take over some of the other absurd shit um and speaking of which uh there was a pretty good interview that gigak actually did um of the youtube creator of the uh author behind um uh, what do you call it? Uh, now, why am I forgetting the name? Redo of Healer. Redo of Healer. There we are. Yeah, he did an interview. So with... yeah, you can you. <clears throat> I opened that video and I was like, twenty minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I only bring it up in passing. Number one, if you if you all are are unfamiliar, go check out Giga's YouTube channel um, and watch that interview. It is very fascinating. One of the things I appreciate about it is uh, this is I, I don't really pay much attention to mangaka or light novel author interviews so i don't really have a 
opinion or an idea about what is the sort of typical behavior, typical way of thinking, or even like a typical culture of those folks, especially people who are behind controversial material. But there was a, a point that came up in the conversation, which I really respected, which is that you can choose to make something, you know, I think the analogy was you put 100 people in a room. And if you show them something, you could create something that's designed to get a mildly positive reaction from all 100 people, or you can make something where 50 people are absolutely going to love it to the death and 50 people are going to despise it and hope that it never exists. And he, he prefers the second because the 50 people who love it to death are going to pay for it. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the folks who aren't into it or, or feel that it's controversial or have other opinions about why it shouldn't exist, they were never, they were never going to, invest back anyway and i think that's a, a a point that more people in regular life need to be able to accommodate is that when people say something isn't for you and maybe it even dabbles in areas that you're uncomfortable with it doesn't mean that it shouldn't exist it just means that you don't have yeah to, you don't have to patronize it and it's totally fine um and the other thing i found out which is just a stats thing is apparently the readership for redo of healer the light novel is a majority female. What? At least based on the stats that they're able to collect. Oh, that is so interesting. Yeah. Wow. So I just thought that was a... There were, there were a lot of other, I think, uh, worthwhile observations from that interview, but uh, it just made me think a little bit more. Like I, I tagged that whole series as filth, but I am not against filth uh at all so it, it's just interesting to hear the perspective of the author and he did the whole thing in a fox suit which i also thought was funny oh <laughs> gigug did no the, 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 uh, the light novel author whose name is that oh my god it was funny though oh. it was, it was, he was very very forthright i think his last name is sukio but i don't remember his first uh -huh. name but he was uh very very forthright not arrogant at all um he had a really interesting background is that he did not come from uh, a creative space he actually was in it and, and technical stuff and then he started writing light novels when he was a kid and because the platform of actually being able to sell light novels opened up you know in like the early 2000s where you could just like go on a site and self-publish that you know he was able to i think write something like 23 different series this is the first one that's got an anime there's another one that he's written that's also getting an adaptation who's again the name escapes me but i had actually heard of it and didn't realize it was him so yeah uh there was a oh, lot so he's lot been added at it yeah yeah so uh you know do i agree with every concept that he was laying out no do i respect the hustle and do i respect like the work i actually do to get an anime made off the back of the popularity of of a light novel or a manga is very, very, very difficult. So, and it, apparently it's done well that it's probably getting a season two. So, hey. Well, that's interesting enough. I mean, someone came on my channel and said that, like, the wolf girl, Setsuna, mm -hmm. is like 30, that, like, everyone's like 30 plus. And I was like, what? Yeah, I, I think I, someone put me onto that. Like, they're and of I was age, like, I guess. Yeah, like, everyone's of age. And I was like, oh, Okay, 
Still fucked up, though. I mean, there's a lot that's fucked up about it. There's, a, I mean, we could go into that interview another time, but there were, again, there were some ideas there, like, for example, that, um, you know, he clearly has a line. He was talking about how you can do something that's shocking that uh, plays into, the like, a theme of, like, catharsis or revenge, but there are also some things that are just grating and off-putting that turn people off and the line between those two things is not always obvious so for example the scene that everyone talks about about snapping the fingers like that's that is extreme and a lot of people recoil but he's like there's a reason why i chose to do that and not like pulling out fingernails or grating flesh or grinding because there's a line there as far as like what will just completely disgust someone versus something that is instantly shocking and I'm like, okay, here's a person at the very least has thought a lot about how to put together the drama and the type of story that he wanted to tell. You know, whatever you feel about it is whatever, but I just thought that was interesting. Interesting observation. Hi. So the other elephant in the room, of course, this week is the death of Berserk author uh, Miura, Gintaro Miura, and... Uh, it hit a lot of people very suddenly. He was only 58 years old. He had been suffering from undisclosed health issues, which is part of the reason why Berserk was so often on hiatus. Um, there were other issues as well that were non-health related as far as like, um, you know, the joke that goes around is like how Azure Lane has taken out so many of our favorite mangaka, and it's not a lie. But I think the sidebar to that joke is that for a lot of the folks who are unable to work due to physical restraints obviously playing around on like mobile games and other things are distractions it's not causal it's more you know there's there's a little bit of truth to it but it's not the kind of truth that we like to joke about like oh it's because of these you know games that they're not creating no for the most part a lot of these folks have pretty serious health issues i'm i'm thinking right now of cu for tower of god and how you know his doctor yeah he just came back right yeah his doctor told him that you know, you can, if you don't take multiple months off, you may never be able to use your drawing and, and primary hand again due to muscle degeneration and other things. And, you know, there have been worse stories. I know that Oda constantly deals with back issues. Um, that's why a lot of the, um, in the last like five years, I think his three assistants have taken over a lot more of the paneling and really the grunt work of doing one piece. Maybe it's longer than that. Maybe it's like five years. I think, cause I think one of his assistants also went on to start their own manga. So they're off. But the bottom line is that you see this a lot. Now we didn't necessarily know and still don't know ultimately what the cause of death was, but it just came very suddenly. I know I was hanging around on Twitter and just saw uh, berserk trending. And you know, my, you do that whole thing where you're, your your heart flutters you're like it's back yes it's back and then you click yeah and you're like oh no and and that was the reaction a lot of people had as far as folks who want to you know who may not know very much about his work and are thinking now that you know such a momentous event has passed that there's an interest in going and picking it up i would first say it's an excellent read there's a reason why um it is so beloved across both the anime and manga community it never as a series it never quite broke out i think of those spaces and yet there its influence is almost impossible to separate from all sorts of other 
popular media. It's one of those things where you, when you start reading well, it. Well, yeah. Go ahead. I saw something saying that, like, the Berserk sword is the reason why, like, Cloud yep. has, like, that sword. And, like, a whole bunch of other things that basically, like, Monster Hunter wouldn't exist yep. without Berserk. Like, all that stuff. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I didn't realize its influence was this like widespread if, if you were to run down first of all the list of references is just so overwhelming i mean berserk started in was or at least the first um volume was released in 1989 and so you have to think that this is a story that's essentially been told over almost you know a little over 30 years even if you even if you discount some of the hiatuses you know this is something that uh has lived in the minds and in the hearts of a lot of creators, anime viewers, and otherwise. But it's also had a really weird history of adaptation. Um, the, so the original manga, you know, as we most people know, um, sort of ran sporadically uh, for about 12 years. And then because uh, the magazine that it was in switched over to bi-monthly, and it kind of bounced around. So there was like the, some gaps in the, in the midst of that that had nothing to do with Mirror's Health, they're taking time off. Um, and then in the oh, West, okay. it's, it, it, it only really came over late in like the early 2000s um, with when Dark Horse started to adapt it. So there's like a funny thing where in the in that interim gap of the first 12 years, there were a lot of Japanese productions that were deeply affected by the themes, the visuals, the concepts, and all kinds of other things that were in Berserk. The same way, for example, like... Fist, Fist of the North Star. Um, once you read it, you or see it, you suddenly understand. Oh, that's where all these other ideas came from afterwards, because they're just aping or copying or or evolving an idea from here. Well, because mm-hmm. Berserk in the West was really only popularized um, after the 2000s, it also meant that it, it was popularized after a lot of things that were cribbing notes from it were released and be, had become popular uh, as well. And so it had that that delay time sort of weirdness where some people would go back and read it because they were told to, Oh, you got to watch, or you, or you got to watch the 1997 anime, which got very limited release um, in the United States. Uh, you got to do this. And they're like, Oh, well that's just like insert whatever reference. I think we would not have the bloodborne series or most of dark souls without berserk. Um, the idea of the swordsman with the giant sword, which is such a trope from both gaming um, and anime for, you know, at least until like the isekai boom, that was a very, very prevailing image. Um, everyone knows Final Fantasy VII and Cloud and all that other stuff. So the bottom line yeah. is that, that, you know, in Japan, there's a whole ton of pretty contiguous content, games, media, and interest around Berserk that's run basically since 1990 till today. But in the West, it's sort of been staggered, and it's been punctuated by, I would I would call them very cursed projects. So if you start with the '97 Berserk anime, which I I loved, I actually found that when I was a, uh, a teenager. I think I saw it maybe in like 1999 on VHS, and it blew my mind. Like it completely blew my mind. Um, even though when you watch it, having read the manga, you realize how weirdly edited it is because the first the first two episodes actually takes place in the second or third arc. And then it goes does a flashback to the yeah. to the golden era. 
and it's like it's an odd choice because you never you never catch up to it like the end of the anime is um you know kind of the, the closing scene of the first arc and it's and so the choice to do that why i don't i mean okay as far as like the budget it was not a high highly budgeted series and yet wound up with some of the most iconic scores uh of the of that period i think most people who've seen it uh can instantly recognize forces or any of the uh, which is the name of a of like a, a a key track and several of the others they're just off of like a couple of measures because they're just that that iconic so mm-hmm. it's it's an odd case where the anime adaptation the first one made a lot of weird choices but turned out to be what most people consider a classic except it never really aired in the US so it didn't it was too violent it dealt with too many difficult themes there was nudity there was rape there was decapitation and all kinds of other body horror that kind of put it in a category where it wasn't going to be able to run on even something like an adult swim and so it was largely passed over and then as you hop around you see these like odd projects like there was a berserk game that was actually quite good on the dreamcast but it came out in 2000 the end of 2000 and dreamcast only really existed as a as a gaming platform actively supported from 99 to 2001 so you had that same problem of like okay they actually made a good adaptation it it had some original story and it was on a dead system so it didn't even get uh i don't think it was ever translated for the western audience or maybe it was i don't i don't quite remember but the bottom line is did not get a wide release it was something that most people missed out on right and then you fast forward again Mm. by almost 10 years and you see the uh, Berserk movies, which are actually pretty good, but where, you know they did very well in Japan because it, there was plenty of intervening stuff, gotcha games, mobile stuff, other video games for other consoles. But like in the United States, unless you were a, a big fan, I think the first one, the first Berserk movie came out before Crunchyroll existed, if I'm right. I could be wrong about that. But it was hard to get access to it. And, you know, not if you factor in all the hiatuses and, you know, the sporadic nature in general of... Yeah, see, um, I know nothing about Berserk history, like, yeah, at all. Right, and getting access to the manga was not... Uh, and There wasn't an obvious way to do it well in the West other than the Dark Horse compilations. It sort of sank into this weird place where everyone knows about it. They know that it's important. They know that it kind of has this like legendary status, but if you went to go pick up whatever the latest Berserk thing that trickled out of Japan, you were getting cursed projects. We don't even need to talk about the Berserk anime, which has its like the, the much like the original. It, there were just choices that were made that they 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 could have worked out. I think the director of the Berserk anime that was his first project, and the was it oh. Lydon? I think was was Leiden Films behind some of that, but they, it was his first project, and also it was the first time trying to do like an all CGI, um, because they figured out that the like the post draw over that they wanted to do was going to take too long, uh, and they decided to start at the, uh, the basically carry forward like the man- manga from the end of the first arc um, into the second arc, so they basically relied on people having watched the ninety seven anime which i think may have been a big mistake because you know most people have not and don't know where to find it or wouldn't have known uh so like even at the end of that the story of berserk is so strong 
that it's still a good story, but it's who wants to watch something that looked the way the Berserk uh, 2017 was it 2017? I think it was 2017. Um, the most that's the most recent one, isn't it? Yeah, who wants to watch that? Because I, I, <laughs> I heard the people who did watch it were not very pleased. So it, it fucking sucked. I can tell you that as someone who did watch it end to end. And yet, oh wow! Some of the iconic moments that are from the manga are there, and even despite the terrible animation, weird direction, and I would say unimpressive, uh, like soundtrack, it the still story still hit. saved it. It well, I'm did nothing. This I'm not saying it saved it. I'm saying that those story moments were still felt just as big and ridiculous, despite the terrible production, which tells you a lot about the quality of the story is that the, the story oh, was shit. good yeah, enough to, to 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 get over that hump at least in the places that mattered but at the end of the day you know now that Miura is gone and now that there's little hope of you know the story of the manga ever finishing it just leaves the whole series in this in this strange limbo zone where it is now always going to be a cultural touchstone that people come back to that there's going to be a want to say, like, I can imagine a Berserk anniversary project where they, you know, give it the prestige treatment and everything else. But, like, that come might come 35 years after the fact. And it's something that would be done without an end to the story. So it'll always feel a little uh, disappointing. Because even if, even if it is, air quotes, completed, um, it's not... Every, you know, anyone will be able to point to it and say... Well, that wasn't the the original author's intent, and so we'll never really know how it ended. And by the way, for those who are manga readers, I'm aware that the point where Miura dropped off was sort of a sort of gave sort some closure to one of the biggest plot lines going forward in the in the story, but it didn't close the biggest one. And of course, that would have oh. been the most climactic and important piece to tie up and so i don't really know where you go from there so do you think people you think they're really going to still try to finish it without him or are they just going to leave it as is i don't know there's precedent for both um because Mm, there have there have been manga that were popular less popular than berserk where the manga either passed away or was just unable to continue and the stories were finished and in a couple of cases they turned out okay but i think that there's so much money tied up in this franchise that the impetus to want to do something even as a tribute is going to be incredibly strong incredibly strong especially now that he's dead so there's going to be a lot of people who are clamoring for closure through the series itself and not just you know folks walking away and i and i'm certain whoever owns the rights to the um the anime production does not want the lasting image of berserk to be the um, 2017 version. I'm fairly certain of that. Huh. So it sucks, but let that be a lesson to all creators. You know, you don't. Life is not promised, and if you've got a story in your heart or in your mind, it's best to put it in a place where people who can appreciate it, you know, can can find it. It's something that lives in your head is wonderful for you but it doesn't really do much for anybody else so watch your health and be as creative as you can and that's about it okay 
That was heavy. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, I have nothing to say, you guys, about it because I just, I've never read, I've never read Berserk. So maybe at a later date, I'll have something to say once I read it and then I'll come back and be like, holy shit, this was amazing and I'm extremely late. But yeah. Yeah, I did want to make a note too that I did mention before that Berserk had a Dreamcast game, um, which I, which I wasn't, I didn't remember if it was localized to the US. So it was as sort of the Berserk guts his rage. But if my memory does serve, some parts of that game were cut. So it's not, I, I don't, I believe that the Japanese version has some stuff that's not in the American one. But um, I just oh. want to leave that out there. Oh, well, okay. Well, I guess going off of that, we should do something upbeat. <laughs> I, I hope there is something upbeat. There's a lot of like yeah, is this... down shit this week and all the shows are watching. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're <laughs> right. Even the stuff that we don't watch together, there's it's been pretty fucking bleak. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> it's a tough week. Oh man. Okay, yeah. Um well I'll just go ahead and start. Um to your eternity. It's still that fucking shit. Odd taxi is honestly fucking phenomenal. Yeah, get the fuck on that shit, okay, you guys. I gotta watch it. It's, I gotta watch it. I gotta it's watch it. so like it's so good. It's just oh man. I just, I love everything about the show. Like everything about the show is just fucking amazing. Like especially the social commentary aspect. It is just phenomenal. But yeah, that's about it. Those those are the only things that I think. Oh, and you know, Nagatoro's kind of like hitting its stride for me. For me. I know a lot of people loved it off bat, but you know it it took took a while. But I'm I'm like I'm chilling now. But that wasn't bleak. But yeah, how was how was Dinazanon? It's so much fun, and uh, it rem- what it reminds me of, it, as it probably should. I was one of the kids who did watch um, uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, which is a much like the Saban remake of Power Rangers, where they basically took um, footage from several generations of like Super Sentai stuff and then just cut in American actors doing like the storytelling, which also means that sometimes they just completely threw away the entire script and kind of just do whatever the hell they wanted to. Didn't um, they kind of do that with a lot of the Power Rangers? They, yeah, they did. Up until. There's a, I'm not an expert on this, so I don't want to get my head taken off. My understanding was that Saban, what they would do is that they would contract with whoever, I don't know who owns the rights to, to the season of Super Sentai, but basically they would get the costumes for some of the monsters, mm-hmm. not all of them, because sometimes the costumes were damaged or other things happened, and then mm. they bought the licensing rights to the footage, and then they sort of did this Frankenstein thing where they would shoot you know, 15 minutes or however much they really needed around the edited footage. And it wasn't um, necessarily um, presented in the same order or with the same background. Because uh, I think, am I, am I misremembering? But isn't in the in the original Power Rangers, there's, there's, a, there's not a woman or something? Or there's like one woman and then... I don't know what it was, but they've like gen just swapped. Because obviously you can't tell the original that. Japanese one. Or the there was some season where like they started changing even the gender of who was like under the suit for some reason. I don't know. It's not a big deal. But, oh. Um. But the bottom line is, uh, for Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, 
which was like the same uh, uh, series that Gridman and Dinazamon uh, all sits under. Um, th- for that show, I, it was funny because I'm watching this anime, and even though the American version from like the 90s butchered everything, and I think, was it Tommy Lawrence? Or whatever that that kid that 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 kid actor was, um, like it was. I couldn't tell you how far away that was from whatever the original Japanese was. But there was. It's funny because I'm watching the show now, and I can still feel the DNA of the original just from like the non-American <laughs> scenes. Everything else. Wow. Like, it just feels very comfortable and nostalgic, even though it's a strange kind of nostalgic because I'm nostalgic for something I didn't actually get. Right, like. I don't know how to how to explain that any better, but um, the cool thing I think this week, aside from the big spoiler, which I won't uh, talk about, is that they've in the last few episodes, and especially this episode, have gone into the nature of the of like cyberspace, and oh, you know the because you know, if you, if anyone who watched um, Gridman, there was always this this dichotomy of like w- were they in a reality or were they in a virtual world, spoiler, they were in a virtual yeah. world. But and that's was, not really a spoiler. And they revealed at the end. Right, yeah. because that's the that's the conceit of the entire series, is that everywhere they go, there's, you know, the, yes, there is, a real, there is a real world out there, but for the most part, mm-hmm. the stories take place in the cyberspace in some way. And so the version of that idea that they're playing with in Gridman and now into Dynasimon actually sidesteps a lot of the pro- the problems I I usually have with stories like this because for basically for all intents and purposes you can treat every person in this show like they are a human by and large. Yeah. And then also like the nature of kaiju which they they hint at in Gridman, they go into a lot more detail in the last few episodes of Dinosimon and I like the concept that they're working with that that the kaiju are kind of reflections of human will or angst or other sorts of strong feelings and emotions and it plays into their abilities it also plays into how the those who can resonate with kaiju are able to do so because you know it was sort of a a priori assumption before that some people just could and now this kind of explains why um and also the idea that some kaiju like you could birth a kaiju from your own thoughts wow which i thought was cool that's a it's a neat idea uh, anyone who's like into like uh, the like Warhammer or those others, this is the same thing as like the the warp and chaos, which I thought you know cool ideas. They take different forms in different places. I appreciated what we got this week, so um, I like I like where they're going. I think it's gonna be like a it's gonna do the same thing Gridman did. It's hype, but it's also super chill. Okay, so I, I mean I, I can deal with that. I gotta just finish fruits basket god damn it they, i know they're they're hounding you to finish fruits basket yes they they are which i mean i'd be an idiot not to so yeah um it's the most engaged thing on the channel it, it absolutely should be i mean i remember i watched the original so yeah which i heard that like it would compare to like the original like the this one is like a million times better from what they're all saying, but... I mean, I wouldn't know because I haven't watched a new one, but I and I didn't. I wasn't yeah, even this really is, a fan of the sad... original one either, but I watched it. Honestly, it's a very beautiful series. It's a beautiful show, but holy shit, it does not hold back on just like the trauma 
and uh, just like try basically it's like trauma responses the anime yeah basically that's a great way to put it and uh, i don't know like it works because like it's not like they're just like throwing the shit in your face at the entire time but when you get it and when they reveal some of the shit it's so heartbreaking because so many of the characters are so good such like not they're not good good hearted I don't know, whatever. Watch Fruits Basket, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good. Again, the old the, if, the, if this is better than the original, then for people who are into this sort of story, it's going to be off the chain, I think, for them. For me, I think I watched oh, yeah. it because it was a thing people talked about, and so. I oh yeah, I always had the intentions of watching the like original first season, and I just never got around to it. And then they announced this, and I was like, oh well, then I'll just wait for this shit to be over. Yeah, but, so what oh, else well. have I did I watch this week? Um I don't know, not a lot really stood out. I was recovering from my second <gasps> batch of the COVID shots. Oh. So. oh what's up? Well, something finally happened in Fairy Ron Maru, oh, which God. I'm not watching. <laughs> but I saw someone post it, a gif of what happened. So um them niggas kissed. And, you know, it only took seven episodes, so I guess I gotta go find out what the fuck's going on. So, is he gonna be a forever alone incel no more, or is it... Well, it wasn't the main character who kissed somebody. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's how I'm even more interested, because I'm like, wait, why are these niggas kissing? So, <laughs> I don't know, I guess I'll, guess I'll have to tune, I'll have to tune that, tune back into that one, I guess, some way, somehow, but that whatever. Yeah, I think okay. um, was there maybe the there was like a yeah I didn't really I didn't really watch anything else of of substance like it's the usual comedy stuff I was as I was trying to mention before that I was recovering from second bout of COVID shot this week and so my uh, focus on non core anime watching was at a <laughs> definite low but um, yeah the other thing is that there is a, a preview out for. The what's it called? The world's finest assassin gets reincarnated. And by the way, that's the other. Oh, there is. That's the other light novel by Tsukio, who did. Um, oh, re, uh, okay. I've actually looked. I, that one actually looked interesting to me. Yeah, I, I only knew know of it from the uh, some like key art from a little while ago. So I had no uh-huh. opinions on it. You know, it didn't look completely generic, but I'm. I've run down the rabbit hole of like so many reincarnation stories and isekai stories that it's like it takes a lot for me to want to uh, get into it to like yeah to push myself to to care off rip like if something is running like let's say it's like current season and I'm like okay I'll watch an episode I'll watch a trailer I'll watch this or that that's passive viewing but um, it's hard for me to get excited about it um, yeah but I but it doesn't look bad. Whereas, like, there's some names that really turn me the fuck off, <laughs> like, creators huh? and other people where I just, I know from experience I'm not entertained by anything that they do. And so, like, th- and, oh. and, I, and this is not one of those situations. It's just, like, I just saw it and I was like, oh, okay, it's a thing. And then found out, like, a few days ago that, like, oh, it's the same guy. I was like, huh, interesting. Maybe he has range. I don't know. Now, if there's like a mind, maybe break, he has range. I mean, but that said, if there's like a mind break rape scene, then we kind of know what it's what it's all about. But I haven't heard that. 
So I'm going to presume that it is not that kind of a story. Well, hopefully not. Okay. Well, the closest thing to upbeat shit is maybe what happened in Back Arrow this week just because it was just outrageous. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to say that this show I don't know. It might be my favorite. No, it no, it can't be because Jujutsu Kaisen. This is honestly like top tier for me at this point. <laughs> it's silly. I just it's it's so just like I have no idea what's gonna happen every single episode, but I'm looking at it in awe. Yeah, that's it, a good it's, way to it. It's just so unpredictable, yet it's been done before, mm-hmm. yet I just it's so good still. It's like a like what you said like it's like a not even mishmash it's just like they're doing things that other things have done but they're doing it like in their own way. So it's just good like you could not have told me that the emperor <laughs> was going to age backwards. Yes. <laughs> age backwards. And wield back arrow himself <laughs> while having a hundred warp oh, binders on his body. A hundred bind warpers. I'm like, nigga, where are you gonna put to <laughs> counteract the effects of fucking back arrow? That is insane. I, I I just I I don't I don't know. Like I I just didn't see I I I just I just don't know. I just didn't see it coming. And. The fact that he's like jealous or like pissed at Back Arrow, he's like, "Oh, you like you think Shu B has more 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 power than me? Yeah, has more like this than me? Like, oh, nigga, let me teach you. Let me teach you real quick." And got a new mech out of it, which looked kind of like Back Arrow. I was to be waiting. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Is everyone gonna transform into like a second form? Like, what the fuck?" I mean, I'm not mad at it, but also I'm interested to know the difference between like the warp binders or the bind warpers, fuck whatever it is. The yeah, wh- bind whatever warper, thing. Yeah. The bind warpers for um uh, the sh- on the ships compared to the regular ones that are shot through the Rakuhos. But then also I noticed this episode that fuck what's his name? And what's what's the Bit? the the antagonist? Oh, uh fuck. Rudolph rudolph there i was like i know it's like some generic ass name rudolph did you notice that like the arms that he was using was coming out the rockaho dimension like portal thing i didn't think about that yeah you're right like i remember one scene where like it showed one of those invisible arms coming out like it was like connected to the rockaho portal thing so i'm just thinking i was like nigga were you the one shooting them into oh. the the fucking ringling the entire time, and he keeps talking about this god, and I'm just like, I'm interested to see. Okay, so what is? And we've who had is this the, guy in this episode is the first time we can confirm that there is a direct intervention when Back Arrow gets uh like yes stretched out like that wasn't Rudolph that was air quotes God or whoever's in control. Yes, yes. So that that, that I mean that's it, but. Leave it to this fucking show to just go a step beyond within its own episode. And the moment that Bit put that shit on and he turned into 
a bind warper i, I was like oh they're about, it's, the, it's the ship it's uh, yeah. the ship yeah you knew it's that immediately Brian laughed my ass off because like did this nigga really put a bind warper on to turn into a giant bind warper but also <laughs> i've been thinking that the ship looks like it i've been thinking the whole time that the ship looked like it had limbs they so all I thought look, the yeah ship was, i was thinking the same thing i'm like this is a transforming th- ship they've done yes. every other trope possible yes so this yes. has to be a transforming ship i just don't know what the whatever the the you know, catalyst for it is, but it's going to happen. And this is, and they did it. And they did it. And you know what? It's the perfect, um, bind warper for bit. Cause I just don't see him fighting. No. Like in any way, um, as far as like his own conviction or whatever. So yeah. Hey, perfect. Um, it works. Rudolph's though machines and like his juggernaut. That was some creepy shit. Yes, I agree. Looking like, like they uh, are... looking like that hundred hands Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, I was like, bruh, like they really went all out on your like design concept because this shit is far flung from everybody else's, but it is very clearly defined and creepy, just like you. Like that nigga pulled the bind warper out of his like body's neck. I know that was disgusting. He's just. Ugh. It's a but show of course, that. Because, like, nothing, you know, everything I've said, or, and you've said as well, about how I wouldn't have thought this would have happened, I wouldn't have thought this would have it's totally true, because I didn't see any of these plot twists coming, especially knowing no. that, the, that the story has got to be wrapping itself up in the next couple of weeks. Like, this is... But here's, here's, here's what I was thinking about when I was done with the episode, which is none, none of the things that really happened here had no precedent, right? You could, Even the weirdest yeah. and wildest stuff. We know that Shu B was working on a special bind warper, and that he was taking. That he remember there was a whole the thing where he got the technology from that crazy doctor um, when he was like uh, rescuing Back Arrow. He was like studying what they were doing, and he had like a realization back then about this or that. You saw multiple scenes of him like working in his lab on a thing. He told Bit multiple times, "You're going to be the key to doing whatever, whatever, whatever." Um, like everything was foreshadowed directly there wasn't you know there were no uh smoke and mirrors or like misdirection we were told everything that was going to happen the the uh uh emperor of Rekka, um having using multiple bind warpers at once to like can to to whatever boost his power or whatever else yeah like, he's been doing that since we've seen him in uh in a bright height so like him throwing on even more is not an ass pull at all it's just True. A, it's just a flex True. right it's just a total flex uh back arrow getting turned into a weapon and then being wielded by other uh bryheights we've seen this happen multiple times before so there's nothing new there right the concept from like uh Fine's abilities and how the emperor is like well i can do what you can do through brute force right so now that's kind of putting their abilities and at parody and it's interesting makes perfect sense the even the the everybody coming together to beat the bad guy even though they're all nominally still enemies and we're as re- fighting each other as recently as like two or three episodes ago definitely foreshadowed even prax trying to get the people out of luto when they showed up again the people were like oh thank you for saving us they just said get the fuck out of here and prax was like you know yes. what i have time for this and just start yes. shooting and they're like oh they're Loved trying to kill it. us let's run away it's like all right fine it accomplishes the same goal like whatever so what I'm saying and is, she didn't waste time. Right. So what I'm saying is if you put all these things together, 
back arrow always feels like it's teetering on the edge of like just pulling things out of nowhere. But then when you think about it, you're like, well, they actually did put in work that they probably didn't really have to do prior to set up the things that are happening now. You can like buy it or not. I mean, it's a it's a very silly show, and I know for some people they're gonna be they might be put off by the level of like wackiness or like other things. But at the end of the day, like the show just puts in more effort than necessary. Uh, and then when it pays off, you are left in this sort of stunned fog where you just can't believe what the fuck you just watched. But at the same time, you feel a little bit satisfied because every every major moment is kind of a payoff to something that was set up before, which is just basic storytelling, but it just shows you how little people follow basic storytelling when you get some and it's like you just feel great about it because it's so rare. Yes, it was... I don't know. I, I feel like it's just going to be like a full-fledged, like, insanity to the end. Yeah, they're going we'll all out. Though. They're definitely going all out. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, Vivi also was fantastic, but I have, oh, but I have my questions. God. It's like, I mean, I was just annoyed that we got to the end and Vivi came back and still was like, I still don't get it. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> what the fuck but i guess she probably shouldn't have just known well we don't have that many episodes left because this isn't even a (laughs) two-car that's the other question mark so she she gonna have to get something also i am disappointed that um diva didn't stick around diva was a lot of fun um i got I, i i felt like i liked her character so much more at the end and so i did miss her leaving or or at least potentially leaving permanently getting deleted but yeah i have to say that we spent the first five episodes with vivi and so ultimately that's the character where i'm invested and so you know a lot i of can stuff, see that a lot of stuff happened with her that's unresolved and uh, whereas it, diva had an arc which was cool but you know th- that's not the that's not air quotes the story, so I'm comfortable with her exiting at least insofar as she is. Able I'd to be exit. more happy if it was two curb because then I'd be like, oh my god, that means she's probably probably gonna come back like sometime in the future. Like there's no way they're gonna like give us a whole arc on their character and then like dip, but maybe kind of looks like she's gonna be back i feel like the show is like that's another thing the climaxes of the arcs in these show in this show is so fucking good when oh so kakitani like Mm -hmm. i was so confused i don't i still don't get it basically well i'm glad they got tried to explain it so what i got from it is that basically it's been uh What's I'm gonna call it? It's been 40 years. So I think like someone broke it down to me in a comment that said that like it has been 40 years since the last time that they met. So like she Diva's been around, I think, for 40 years. And that they just started that like concert thing. And so it just happened to be the 12th year that like I I that I guess that's what it is. I'm pretty sure someone eventually is gonna like clarify it clearly, or they're gonna have to release an official timeline or some shit. I just want to figure out. It, so, did is is the implication here that Kakitani uploaded his brain to a robot? Yes, basically the implication that I got and that other people are saying is that 
um, uh, he got access to technology, which Matsumoto p- points out. Yeah, he got we, access yeah, to technology. Yes. Yeah, way beyond the current timeline, and that like something reached out to him after Vivi short circuited. Yeah, I'd like some explanation there. They gave us some like quick. Flash. I'm thinking it has to do with the tower. <clears throat> oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because the, the the one of the goals is to prevent the tower from like you know getting as high as it did in the future, and so I'm thinking it definitely has to do something with the tower and. Uh, like maybe the tower itself is recognizing Vivi like in the new timeline as a threat. And so it's like trying to create countermeasures in the moment. Not that it knows already what's going to happen in the future. I'm completely guessing right here. I mean, me like, too. I I think that. So if you add all that up, I think I'm now ruling out the whole Matsumoto is a, uh, is the evil mastermind type. Yeah. I'm, I'm over I'm, that. I'm, one too. I'm out on that one. It's now yeah. they sort of introduced the, possibility of a third party who's able to affect the timeline or send uh technology back uh and i i buy that as as a more circular sort of challenge to face this is like the the terminator problem as far as like storytelling goes where you send a robot to the past to change the future but what does that stop other robots from the future going to the past doing the same thing yeah right you know like Whatever, like it, I, don't, I don't have any problem with that, but I think it makes more sense. Which you know up... what? Oh what? my god! Now that you say that, that makes absolute sense because just because the professor sent Matsumoto back doesn't mean that they couldn't have like copied that program and sent something else back. Correct. I mean, he he died right before he did it. So yeah. Um. And so the so I wanna I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but here are the the two things that I think about. The first is that it, just from a storytelling point of view. If you were going to make Matsumoto sort of the a, a more malevolent figure, then it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to spend time humanizing him in private at, with respect to his relationship with Vivi yes. slash Diva. Like I agree. I'm not saying that it's that they couldn't swerve now and do that, but it, to me, if you haven't built up an ulterior motive at this point in the story, there's no real reason to jam that in especially because you'd have to re recontextualize the previous nine episodes and i don't think they've left enough meat on the bone of what we actually saw in order to do that there are a couple of like flashbacks and other things that like were never explained that could lend credence to that idea but they just don't have the time um i think in my opinion i don't think they really have the time to go back and really do that this is not a tower of god situation where you get like a tight story and then in the end yeah. sort of like oh we're just gonna play this from a different perspective and change things like there has to be a mo i don't think basically i don't think we're gonna get the uh, air quotes moment of betrayal like that so now so that said from a story perspective i don't think it makes a lot of sense then also from like a uh structural sort of perspective it makes more sense now after this episode where we see matsumoto and diva in this case teaming up that like this is the i don't know like the the rhythm that the show kind of wants to use to get to its final arc and i'm assuming we're going to get a three episode sort of closing arc the way we got three episodes previously and then if that's the case I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't really want to see them at odds unless there's a clear, uh, some clear goal that 
requires one to sacrifice the other and they don't want to. It seems like in every case we've had in the show so far, all the AI are very, like, true to the mission. And I don't think Matsumoto has lied about his mission. So, yeah. So I, I think that's kind of where we are. And I've been, I enjoyed it. Also, the Sakuga in this episode. Yeesh. Oh, my God. My Okay, my two favorite parts is when... Uh, they were jumped off the building and he came after her and grabbed her hair to take her down. That lower. was great. And she kind of landed awkwardly, like yes. the, the neck part. And then she went rolling. And I was like, that's pretty good. And then beyond that part, the part where she was running towards him and his arm turned into the gun and she dodged that bitch in yeah, midair. I agree. That, that was fucking insane, which she still, she still got hurt from what, like the, the like, what she didn't get hit by the bullet, but like, I guess like the air pressure or something still like knocked her ass to the side. Just fucking insane. Also, Matsumoto and Antonio's fight. That, yeah, was, that was actually good. it was good. That was very like interesting. The fact that they were fighting like physically, but also like cyber warfare simultaneously. Yeah, I thought the whole the whole choreography of their of a uh, Vivi versus Kakitani was really good, um, and I do think like the cyber the blending of like sort of um, cyber warfare with the physical combat between Antonio and in Ophelia's body and his old body versus Matsumoto and the cubes. I think it was it was animated visually in a very unique way where like the cyber stuff occupied physical space. For the mm-hmm. audience, I mean, I think obviously a lot of this is it's virtual, and so it's just for the benefit of us, the viewer. But I thought that was a really cool perspective to create, even though there's not any real precedent for it anywhere else in the series. This is the first time we've seen like two AIs go at it in that way. Prior to this, it's all been physical, hand to hand, and if they're gonna do something digital, the someone plugs in to something else. So we we got we got a little difference there, which um, I liked it. Part of me wishes there had been more of that earlier in the series because it's just now that we know that that was a possibility, there's so many ways they might have been able to like uh, remix. Especially, I'm thinking like in the in the past, the previous arc with the metal float, um, that there would have been more opportunities to like overlay the digital on the wheel. I think that what happened was uh, Antonio said that it was a gift from Kakitani. That's true. And so I'm thinking that it's probably shit from further on in the future or like technology that maybe even Matsumoto doesn't even know about yet that Kakitani gave to Antonio. And uh, the reason why it was taking so long for Matsumoto to deal with it is because he was analyzing it and making it his own. Okay. And then he eventually did that. that that's, what I, that's what I would think of the situation, but... It, so there's a, Once again, there's a comment I that I don't get, and maybe you understand this. Was there ever a point in the series where we... Because I think, doesn't Kakitani say that Diva or Vivi was like his piano instructor? No. I've seen this thrown out a lot of places on the internet that they had some relationship or that... I don't know. I, I mean, from what I... Wait, they're saying that Vivi taught him? Or somebody taught him, like... Yeah, his piano instructor taught him, and that's what led him to, like, joining Toke and shit like when that. When did that get uh, <laughs> explained? That that got explained in the past two episodes. Okay, I think I missed the the, the piano instructor part. 
or maybe I think maybe it was an after credit scene. Oh, okay. I may have not seen that. So. Oh, okay. I think it was last. I think it was last week's after. Yeah, it was after week last week's after credit scene because it was weird. Because I was like, "Who the fuck is this little kid, and why do I care about this?" Yeah. And it was it was Kakitani. Yeah, they showed the scene of like Kakitani being really. He was like he like basically loved his piano teacher. He like really admired him, and like you know he wanted to be professional and stuff like that. And it turns out that his piano teacher was an um was an android mm-hmm. was an ai and they got into like a car wreck and uh, part of the mission i think kakitani was asking him like you know your mission is to like play the piano or whatever blah, blah, blah. and he was like well it's to make people happy and like you can't be happy unless you're safe mm. and so the android was trying to save people in the wreck and then uh, of course the wreck fucking like blew up while he was trying to save someone and so that fast forwards into now where he was explained this episode where he was explaining to vivi that that was kind of the catalyst because when they had the funeral which wasn't really common for ais because you know people kind of really didn't still give a fuck but they gave a fuck about him and at the funeral i guess it was customary to play the last footage okay that of the ai what it okay Right. And that's what tipped him in going down the toke route. Okay. I was like, where did all this come from? Like, what is this? Yeah. Okay. So I need to go back and rewatch it because I was very confused by this because I thought I knew what the history of this character was. And I'm like, uh, what the hell is this? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they dropped that childhood shit in their last episode. Okay. All right. But it looked really good. I think that the music was also quite good this episode. I can also just say that, like, for all the nice things, I'm going to say about this series and this episode antonio fucking sucked like as a oh yeah as an antagonist like i'm not a i don't think that this was their one of their best their biggest hits as far as like bad no guys. it was he was kind of there to give matsumoto something it, to do but I, that was a really flat ending to the ophelia if story. kakitani wasn't in this arc it would have been boring yeah it would have been very boring like it, the fact that Ophelia had just had been overwritten by Antonio a long time ago, so we were just talking to Antonio the whole time. But she was still there in a sense the whole time. Yeah, well, he was there the whole. He, that's what they said. He did, everything we saw was just Antonio acting like Ophelia. So I think that's whack. because <laughs> <laughs> like he's not an in, like his. Oh, what did we figure at the end that he just wanted to understand her? Or something like, and I mean, to be honest, I didn't give a fuck about him. I because I was just happy that like my prediction came true, which was that it was going to be uh, of that that body, which was the body that he was about to do suicide Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. and then uh, the another body that Antonio would escape to, which ended up being his original body, or at least he had control of both. I think it's the first time we've maybe seen that. But I don't know if, if Matsumoto's yeah. house has multiple cubes, but I don't know. Also, it it was kind of like really crazy that Antonio basically was like, fuck. It's, he kind of almost was, he was on the verge of basically being like, fuck this mission. Right. And like doing the suicide. So I'm like, if he's out here doing this, he's definitely not the only one. Which leads credence to more of like the AI revolution where it's like, if these just like singing robots are doing this and they're just like partnered, there are plenty of other ones out there who are like, I'm tired of this fucking human. I'm tired of this child. I'm tired of picking up trash. I'm tired of all this shit. 
fuck these missions. I want to exist. Yeah, so I, I I don't know. I I I think that where I was at on the three episodes of where it was going, I started out like very very intrigued about a sort of maybe like non-violent just sort of, you know, talk no jitsu type of arc. And then they got got me a little bit with the mysteries like now young Kakitani is back. I'm like, "All right, this, this is some this is cool." And uh, the third episode, there was a lot of hype, so I actually liked it a lot. But I lost the thread on being interested in Ophelia. And also, Matsumoto's thing was to prevent Ophelia from committing suicide. Well, she is dead. <laughs> so, yeah. did this really change anything? I know Matsumoto was like, my goal really isn't to like stop her suicide. It's to uh, do the Singularity Project with, with uh, Vivi. So, cool, I'm doing that. But, like, if Ophelia dies, what was the point of all this? She was going to die anyway. <laughs> that was another... Okay, now that you say that, I'm confused because basically she still died and she's still in that same position. So it's like, did they go and get the body and, like, hide the shit or something? Or are the same things just going to happen? Yeah, that's Because I'm, I'm Matsumoto sure. kind of killed her. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure if this is actually better or worse. I feel like it might be worse. It may actually be worse, and the Kaki because Tani that stuff other was... party is involved now, right? Yeah, and, and I said the Kakitani stuff was very interesting. I, I mean, I've, admittedly, I missed what was a very important detail, but once, um, you know, he had it, you know, said out loud, "I'm I'm a human in a in a AI body." I thought that was pretty cool. We have like the introduction of possibly a new villain or a new threat that they've got to overcome which may be like the final threat i guess mm-hmm. um my only question is what's the point of this series i'm not sure anymore i thought it was just to be about stopping like ai armageddon then i was pretty convinced it was like you know leaning more towards ais and humans can get along now i don't even really know what they're doing now that's not a bad thing i just want to preface that not knowing what the series is is not bad but i don't know what they're going for anymore so we'll have to see, I guess, in the final arc. if the, Maybe maybe it's a two-core and they'll just tell us later. I don't know. We shall see. Well, speaking of things that are both more and less confusing, 86 this week was a trip. I, 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 um, this show is actually really chilling. Yeah. <laughs> it's very chilling. Like, they are very nonchalant about like i'm not about what's going on but just like if you notice the background things it's pretty fucked up have you did you notice her jar and how many more stickers she has in it yes i did that shit had me and then also with the circle like they did the circle twice this episode and that shit almost went down by half when they had the mechs in the circle yeah it's crazy I just also the reveal of it being the execution ground. I'm not really that surprised. No, I'm not either. I'm not like the so first. I always have to remind myself that this is a two core, and then I'm telling myself, yeah, like, if this is a two core, are there going to be any characters left? But yes, like, this, the, like the midpoint of the season. Like, are we yes. basically like eight to ten? Is that's all they got? That that's what I'm giving unless they are going to like meet up with someone or if they're able to change the shepherd or like 
get the shepherds to like basically not be human but not be on the legion side so you know that i don't i don't know i don't know but at this rate the niggas are dead but i do have to shout out for the music so i've been talking about sawano the entire time but someone on my channel basically brought to my attention that there's another guy who's partially in charge of the music um kota yamamoto mm -hmm. and uh, this i don't know like whose piece it is for particularly things but like this episode one of the most chilling parts was when they were like out on an operation and the bullets started coming out of the air yo and the me. music i was done the music was still da -da -da -da, da -da -da, like it was still like that piano just like you know ambiance like light-hearted music and i was like this is making this scene so much worse <laughs> because yeah you basically are just, like, not even giving us, like, the send-off, like, crazy fucking, like, oh, we're about to fight music. It's literally, like, these niggas are dead. These niggas are dead. They're dead. These niggas are dead. And, like, ah. Uh, that should be the And I, did not, I didn't miss that smile on Undertaker. That nigga smiled. Yeah. He did. Oh, I don't know what's happening. Character. I don't know what she's going to do. She's going crazy. She's definitely going crazy. Like, she could be going crazy or setting her up for, like, a hard turn into being very serious. Because I think, I think we, we mentioned this a week ago, and it's not like it's an original thought or anything, but we spend a lot of time with the Albin side of things. It mm -hmm. seems like the main purpose of it, because we, we spend a lot of time there, but we don't, there's not a lot of characters. There's maybe, like, three named characters whenever we switch perspectives but we spent a majority yeah. of the time there and i think that this is a somewhat foreshadowing and what they did in this episode was now we started to get into the more of like the background and the logistics of the and strategy really of what this war is and from an album perspective we've always known that they just sort of conscript people and they don't really seem to care about them living or dying but with the for example the beginning half sort of takes place um in the uh, there's three timelines in this in this episode there's sort of an immediate there's like a present and immediate past and and an immediate future that kind of walks forward to the end of the episode so the immediate past was um lena going out and getting all the fireworks and stuff and demanding um reinforcements and all kinds of other things and so in those scenes we kind of get the flavor for the fact that not only do the albums not give a shit but it also seems like they're all kind of resigned to a future that doesn't make any sense. Like, Lena's the only person trying to see that this doesn't make sense. Like, are you even trying to win the war? It would Yes! Right? Like, you've got this important operation happening, and you're like, oh, we're not going to reinforce them, we're not going to give you're them any... You're killing your best soldiers on purpose. But yeah, this seems Because like you're afraid counter, of a revolution. Very, very counterproductive. Now, I don't want to, like, dive too deep into the... the historicity of some of like these ideas but this is actually not uh unprecedented in real life oh yeah oh um, yeah i know the, yeah like penal battalions and other things like that have existed in real militaries the german military the russian military had them where they would kind of take undesirables and then force them to fight and there was a good point that was brought up which i liked at the end where they where she asked them like listen i'm finally coming to the realization that not only is this utterly fucked there's no real reason for any of you to be there. Like, why don't you just leave or, or better yet, turn around and kill us or let the Legion through. Like if you let them through, then we all die. And they had, a, I think was a reasonable answer for who those 
characters were. But in fact, this was a thing that went down in real life. And the notion of using these sorts of units to get rid of the folks who are going to cause you trouble in the future is... An, thankfully, it's now a war crime to do that. But in the history of yeah. like, humanity, especially in the you know post-gunpowder... Actually, yeah, that it did happen. So I was I appreciated that um, you know that this wasn't just there for shock value and didn't make it, it made some sense. Also, their answers were good because essentially their answers were despite how much I've been discriminated against, I'm a, some of us are patriots and so we still believe in our country. And then those who may not be are sort of doing the good Christian thing where they're like, I'm not going to be what I hate, despite the fact that it means I'm going to die. Well, if I'm going to die either way. I'll die according to my own ideals. I'm not going to... Which, I like that. I like that aspect. As opposed to just dying just to fucking die and get it over with. It's like, bitch, I'm a fight. Because at least that's what I can do. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. It's noble in a way. Um, we know that all of these folks are very mortal. So that, you know, there's no, like, plot armor <clears throat> on anyone except maybe Shin. And so hearing a character that you know could very easily die in the next episode or the next scene say something like that, uh, I think actually has some weight in this series, where maybe in other shows that are a little less... Either they take they take their premise less seriously, or there's less of a threat of bad things happening to people that you wouldn't care as much if they said something like that. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that part. I, I also, as you pointed out, Lena, she, I, whether she's going crazy... Or she's having like real PTSD. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't know what the line there is. I'm not sure. Um, the breakdown at the the fireworks festival, and where she almost puked, and you know, just seeing what was going. Yeah. On. I, I I I took that to mean like not she's more disgusted and then going insane because I think she's now realized the scale like last episode we basically found out the scale of the threat that the legion is not going away the war is not going to end in two years um and in fact they're getting smarter and there's so much unknown that the mil alban military has no idea about so that was like the big takeaway from last episode this episode it's like um these people are just so disconnected from everything and also it feels like the albans aren't even trying to win they may actually be actively trying to lose so <laughs> i hope that leads Which, to a good yes point. yeah what else well we do, there was a teaser at the end of like a super legion thing which may be shin or maybe just a what do they call them a shepherd the shepherds yeah. yeah i think we saw our first one that fucking artillery was crazy um, oh yeah also the music but now that was sawano music yeah it was yes In at the very end and which also this Kota yamamoto guy apparently worked with him on attack on titan too so well that's pretty good the, the other thing i was thinking about was we did get some character moments and uh oh like, with anju yeah like i wonder what horrible shit is carved on her back i don't Someone in my comments said what it was, but I deleted the comment because I didn't want to know. Yeah, well, I think we're going to find out. Yeah, uh, I think they they uh, they said that it wasn't explained in the light novel. Like, I think the author said it like in an interview or something, and I was like, well, they might do it in the anime, nigga. So yeah, that's a good yeah. So I'm, but I also like that point. There was was it um, 
Oh man, now I'm forgetting his name. The lieutenant, the one with the short hairs, darker skinned. When he was talking to Lena, he was saying that like Raiden. Yes, yeah. So he was saying that like, yes, Albans suck, but there's also Albans who don't suck. <laughs> and, and but there are also 86 who fucking who suck. suck ass. <laughs> and then he like referenced like the kinds of discrimination and other things that you know his what he would consider his people also meet out, which is. Uh, basically the idea of like you could if you would if you don't have comments like that if you don't have uh story elements like that you wind up just like making one set of people cartoonishly evil and another set of of people cartoonishly good and it doesn't yeah right like the fact that there's there should be some gray area and the characters are not dumb that they can't understand or see it or witness it or live in a culture that's fleshed out enough on paper that like these things are understandable i think like that was a good touch i don't know how far they will take it or really even need to take it but the but the only thing i that i walked away from is this shit is fucking hopeless like yes because i don't see where the story can fucking go i mean i thought that they were gonna at least let them like have a platoon of people but if they keep dying like you said earlier what the what's gonna happen it can't be undertaker by himself i'm very confused by this and are they building up Anju and Raiden and stuff like that as, like, main supporting characters? Or are those niggas just about to die, too? I think they're going to die. And I also think that, like, in the opening, all the, the whoever is standing on that, like, white plane where the camera pans out really fast towards the end of the opening, I think those are all the characters are going to be dead. Definitely, like, named characters. Because oh. it felt like they were in the well, fucking yeah, afterlife. Because they've been chopping the shit out of the unnamed characters. Yeah, they're just getting them out of here. Oh my god, like those those guys that are like playing that were playing with the fireworks. I'm just like yeah. yo I'm at the point they're... now where I don't even want to see any like character development in an episode because I'm pretty sure that means they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean... I, why couldn't we have gotten more Albin characters and been killing them off? <laughs> now that would have been a little bit well, hey, who knows? We might be we might get that. Maybe shit. we will. I'm, we I'm never just looking forward know. to them niggas getting waxed like maybe the plot device is they finally get fed up and then like lena leads them out of service with to the albans and they all die all the all the all the white pigs get what's coming to them but i cannot see a scenario where that makes any sense and well also they really they really emphasized that scene where they were all like eating and like the gluttony of it all well not even the gluttony but just like how different life is for those people, but then also I, I felt no gluttony is a good word it for is it. Like, gluttony. like yeah, this, like this, they are over this, there, like living the seven deadly sins, yeah. like without a care in the world. And her friend is like, oh, there's a guy who's trying to get married to me. Meanwhile, Lena's in like a funeral dress. And I'm like, what are we? Yes. What are we saying here? <laughs> okay, the funeral dress shit. Now that I was like, girl, just. What the fuck? Like, can you chill out for one episode with, like, the morning and just, like, all... She is living in her feelings. She's living in her feelings, and I just... Didn't she also come on to Shin this episode? Huh? Didn't Wasn't there, like, a a line where they were talking? Or maybe she wasn't there. He was talking to... She was talking to someone else, but uh, now I'm forgetting. But, like, wasn't there a, a line where she almost, like came on to him i mean if there were i probably wasn't listening because 
honestly, I completely agree with you on the part on the part where I think she's probably going to take like a swing, a one eighty swing, and be just like hardcore. Yeah. Like, but I don't think she's going to be hardcore towards the eighty sixes. I think she's going to be hardcore to the albums. Yeah, that's what I think and, too. I mean, otherwise, again, there I do not see a direction for the story to go. And I know for a fact that there are, as as of right now, seven volumes of this light novel published. Uh-huh. And this series is not going to cover all seven. So oh, and it's and again, it's two core. So what the fuck? <laughs> what is the <this> story? <sighs> please don't be original. Please don't be original. Please don't. Please don't. Be <laughs> we don't. We don't um, need more of that shit. There might be nothing you can do about that, but. Yeah. Oh, um, as they say in the biz, it is what it is. I guess so. I I guess so. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed it. There was some. There was a little bit of action. There was a lot of character development. We moved the story along. We got some heart to hearts, and maybe we've established a bad guy or an enemy or a threat in the short term to overcome. The animation was pretty good. Um, and the music was pretty good, so it's hard to really complain too much or at all, but I just, yeah. I just have, again, I'm left with more questions than definitive answers, which is probably for the best, given how early along we are, uh, relative to the whole story. So I enjoyed this week as well. Indeed, indeed. All right. So I want to hear what this, this, this rant or whatever has been brewing in you. Oh, but, we, but we didn't talk about Tokyo Revengers. Oh, right. I forgot about Tokyo Revengers. <laughs> We'll get through that real quick. Um, this was wild. I didn't see this happening. I thought they were going to get washed. <laughs> I thought they were going to get washed, or I thought another group was going to show up and wash Mobius and then basically be like, watch y'all back, we out. But this was, this is actually really good. And uh, Takamichi's just a fucking idiot. I just, he can at yell. the end of the episode... <laughs> At the at the end of the episode, I when he like had that that like Sakuga face and shit like that, I was like, "What are you gonna do? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Like, what are you gonna do? He's weak. You're gonna do nothing. You're gonna do nothing. Mikey is just badass, so badass. Like, oh my god, that nigga is so cool. And they be animating him like so well during his like badass moments and then they go right back to the comedic shit Mm -hmm. which is great the pachin shit that actually was so fucking just wild to me how i was like you talked all that shit and you ain't shit no you can't even fight nigga i mean he was just not not ready (laughs) yeah I, I will not ready my ass. And also, the one thing that I actually was like laughing at was that they were all like shocked that he had a knife. But I was like, "But didn't y'all rape and hang his the, the other guy's parents? How are y'all afraid of a knife?" Well, that, remember I kind of made that point. Is that like they're in this series in general? There's sort of this dichotomy between like the parts of these conflicts that are these sort of operatic um, Shakespearean clashes between you know these factions but 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 what it's middle schoolers and high schoolers and so to some level there's like these unspoken rules about like oh we're gonna beat each other to death but like that's what what kids do you can survive that the moment like the real world intrudes like a real gangster shows up or someone has an actual weapon that can really kill somebody 
on the spot. Like it's as if like everything it's like the record scratches and it's like <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> this is real. <laughs> so I feel like that that kind of that like the way they react. It's kind of like how when you watch like an anime and like you you have your like badass main character and then they go to like a bar and they're like you know you want to drink kid and he's like just milk for me and it's like because they're not gonna show a kid drinking underage right like it's just not gonna happen so it becomes part of like this weird cultural thing that reaches into your into your show and just like shakes shakes whatever's going on like ah we're not gonna go that far and it's kind of here but it's sort of in the it, it's not breaking the fourth wall. It's like everybody there is like, wait, a knife? Oh, no, a gun? Oh, no. But that's because in Japan, people don't have weapons. And when they do have weapons, it's a big fucking deal. Well, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> well, that's what you also knew what he was trying, that Takamichi was trying to stop that event. So you you kind of knew, knew ahead of time that um, something bad would happen. Well, that's kind of all I have for that one. Like... Yeah, I think no, it was well animated. That's my more. my takeaway is that the parts that need the like I was wondering when we would get to a part of the story where there was more action and just wondering how yeah. they were going to represent that. And they love animating Takamichi getting his face fucking caved in that's because it's all he does. He shouts and then he gets he gets that bus ass work. Yeah, <laughs> and then maybe he stands up again and like, oh man, he's still not dead. <laughs> I respect that. In like, I, listen, I'm not saying I'm like living on the streets, but in the fights I got into when I was outside, outside, people were not respectful of the fact that like if you got your ass no, they they just clown you like getting up looking lumped. <laughs> like I don't know, that's not cool. That wasn't cool in my set. Maybe it should have been. Maybe it would have been more wholesome people. I don't know. But like to yeah. me, it just shows that you you couldn't fight. You didn't have the hands. Did I even? Fight? Well, no, I'm not even gonna get into that. I did fight, but we all had our had our moments. Everybody had to. Yeah, I was. Well, no, not even gonna say that. All right, let's move on to. I guess. Oh well, yeah. The thing that I want to talk about was, um, uh, which I think is important to me. I don't know if it's important to y'all, but it's definitely important to me. And of course, it's about like, you know, spoilers and spoiling. But this time it's primarily um, journalistic spoiling by like actual like, you know, big name websites that have like huge followings. So I don't know, like, you know, like I'm not I never took a journalism class. So like, I don't know, like the ethics behind it or things like that, especially when it comes to like media or like, you know, pop culture and things. So uh I just, one thing that I've been noticing or one thing that's been happening to me a lot lately is that when I go to like websites to like, you know, read up on like news, or not, not like regular news, but like, you know, like anime news and stuff like that, they kind of just come out the gate with the spoilers. And I don't know if that's like a regular thing because I don't remember that being a thing for like the majority of like the 2010s, like at all but lately i feel like maybe there's a is it like a rush guess maybe that's my question is there a rush for like the clickbaits or like for the engagement so they just put the spoiler out there immediately because i have like one one website that spoils me every fucking month hands down is comicbook.com i hate that site and i and i don't even 
I don't even go to that site. I always randomly get a suggestion about it on like Facebook or like I'll randomly like tab over to some tab on Facebook when I'm like wishing someone a happy birthday and then I'm getting the fuck off. And there will be just like a spoiler. Like they literally be like, my hero academia, doop to doop to doop to doop is back. Doop to doop to doop to doop died. Doop to doop to doop to doop lost this. Dude, and I'm just like, wow, you didn't even just like do a sensational title of, uh, oh my God, the latest My Hero Academia chapter was insane. Um, more info after the link or something like that. It's literally like, no, spoiler in the title and we're putting the exact manga panel as the thumbnail. Great. Have fun. Great. Like, that like and then so one thing that happened recently was with anime news network which is usually super duper good about this shit but it made no sense and they've done it twice i actually looked at it now and they did it twice so with um grid well not with grid man well yeah with grid man and sss dinosanon um uh, something big happened and if you had watched grid man but you weren't watching dinosanon if you saw or heard anything about this it would have been a huge spoiler for you for dinosanon and Anime News Network, in the review of the episode where it happened, posted the spoiler as the thumbnail. Then, apparently, that character is getting a high-level figurine. And in the figurine article, they, po- they post as the, the thumbnail the character in Dinosanon. And then in the text, they say, beware spoilers. And I'm like, but you just, you, but you already spoiled it. Because it's the thumbnail. So I have seen this. Even though I have not read the article, you have already spoiled me on something that I wasn't even planning on getting spoiled on because I did not come here to like watch the show, nor did I go to a forum specifically for Dinosanon. I came here to get information and news so that I can, you know, be like, oh, I should watch out for that or I should look up for this. Not to get like deliberately spoiled on something. And so I'm just wondering, like, is there... Is are there like any like rules that go along with that? Because there's a huge difference between that and other people who cover anime news on social media. And I see it a lot, especially with some of the people that we follow on Instagram and Twitter, like the other anime podcasts. Whenever there's a huge spoiler for something, people, they will post like stories about it. But then uh, they also, when they do the regular Instagram posts, they'll do a multi-post where, you know, you have to like swipe to the side. So if it's a huge like spoiler thing, first off, the text is spoilers, beware. And then uh, they also have a notification thumbnail saying, hey, heavy spoilers for this, beware. And then you swipe to the right and you get your spoilers. So if it just takes you, and I know that these you have money, you guys have money or you guys have a team and plenty of people are able to make a thumbnail and you're able to resize a photo or something like that. So like, why can't you guys just go that extra mile to like preserve everyone else's experience? I have a lot of... that. Just, that's just, that's just my, that's just worries. my thing. No, it's that's not, just, you've said, but everything you said I've heard from other people. So let me come at this from the point of view of someone who is more or less unbothered by spoilers historically mm. and I, but I don't mean to yeah. bother I, I don't think I don't mean to say that I don't think they're in a, a huge problem and they go beyond an annoyance they are actually something I think is actively damaging no matter where they come from but it, personally I'm just saying that I have never had a plot development 
spoiled to me in anything that at the end of the day I felt like I enjoyed the content any less. And the only examples I can think of are actually ones where I didn't like the thing that was I was being spoiled on, like either the series or the character or the whatever. And the, someone letting me know that something sucked ahead of time actually allowed me to think about why it sucked more when I watched it. But that caveat out of the way, I think one of the big problems that we're running into right now, uh, especially for folks who are engaged in social media, people like us who actually do pay attention to um, news and news services, because frankly, it's a requirement for some of the content that we produce. What I've come to realize when you look at a lot of these, these, these sources of information, they're not designed to do all of the things that all the roles that they take um, in an effective way. So think for a minute about like your social media uh, feeds, right? The purpose of the yeah. social media feed is more or less to get you like clicking and engaging with the app or the service or whatever. It's not necessarily about preserving a certain type of engagement with content. So like when you point out that it's very easy to get spoiled on, say, uh, Instagram or Twitter or a certain blog or something like that, part of the reason is that the format of the way the information has to be conveyed to you, such as thumbnail, um, uh, uh, descriptive text, like headline, just that format encourages a certain type of curation of the content that may not work well for, say, protecting against a spoiler. Now, in every example I've ever seen on like uh, Anime News Network, on Comic Book, on even on some like Twitter posts and other things, and a minuscule amount of effort could have been done to make that identical post spoiler-free or at least spoiler-resistant. But frankly, the people who do this deal with such a volume of stuff that it it I understand why it does not happen and why things slip through the cracks and fuck up. Yeah. But the problem is that it, it's not necessarily just that, that people post spoilers or that services will spoil shit. The problem is that the purpose of these feeds... There's like five different purposes, and sometimes they're on, on at odds with each other. For example, I visit Anime News Network all the time. I also use Twitter. I could see the exact same story or the exact same link to, you know, uh, between the, like both of those services. Someone could say link an article from the website and vice versa. The uh, website could link to Twitter. But there's no real good way to, like, preview what I'm about to see. And if there is a way to preview it, that could itself be a gateway to a spoiler. Just by putting the wrong image, the wrong text, the wrong yeah. headline. Like, it's immediately a problem that it's difficult. To, like, if you have to sort the information yourself, you don't even know enough about the enough about the content to know what you need to be sorting without potentially spoiling yourself. Like, like that's a problem. Um, big time. Also, places that mix reviews with their regular news feed, which is definitely a problem in just regular social media like twitter instagram to some degree facebook but like even some of these news sites where they'll basically in the same part of the feed you'll see updates about a series a part or a headline of a review of a currently running episode or a movie and then like uh product information for like merchandise or new stuff coming out and and having all three of those in the same feed creates a scenario where it's very easy for you to go you're going to the site looking for say um, what shows are going to be coming out next month, and then you read down three lines, and you get spoiled on the the mid mid season finale of a show you were planning on watching but hadn't watched yet. 
because all that information is all jammed into the same kind of a feed and and most people myself included are not going to go out to like these like you know sub categories um because we might miss things that are nominally related like if i go to anime news network right now i'm not going to click on just the news feed because there are other things like there what they call like the anime feed or the manga feed like i actually kind of consider all those to be news so yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break it out like that. Also, I don't know where my spoilers are gonna come in if I was spoiler related. Is it gonna be in an events like a notification? I what was the one that killed me? There was a Jujutsu Kaisen stage play that was running last year, and so in the announcement for the stage play, they mentioned certain events that happen in the manga that had not been animated yet. Like what? Yeah, I don't want. I'm not giving anything away. But like I remember seeing this and feeling like because there was there were it was a it was an article about who's going to be playing certain characters and what what the stage play is going to cover and I was just like oh fuck in the actual thumbnail was a was what I consider a pretty important spoiler for what will be animated two years from now. Wow, and I think this also happened in. Uh, a couple of other similar instances. So, like, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that part of the problem is that the method that we, the methods that we have and the services that we have for sharing information are not designed in ways that protect certain special interests. And I think avoiding spoilers, I would consider that a special interest, but it's one that has is meaningful to a lot of people, and I don't really know a good solution to it other than for niggas to get harder hearts because nobody's re-engineering Twitter, Facebook, or even a lot of these news websites to explicitly True. guard it. And then likewise, they're not going to hire anybody or pay them more money to... To be aware of shit yeah, like that. Yeah, like, I wish, I wish it was the case. But it does not appear to, that that is the path that they're taking. Well, yeah, that's all I had. It does fucking Did suck, Did you have though. anything? Can we also, like... Just give a big fuck you to people who give unsolicited spoilers and comments. Like, nobody asked a question. Nobody was looking for this. Whatever it was you had to say. But if, I mean, if, if they watch a review, like, I don't know. I, I watch your some of your review content, and you'll say things that a fan would say. Like, I don't know where this is going, but it seems interesting. And then in the, in the comments, so be like, don't Someone will answer. X or Y have, like, N- nigga, what? <laughs> <laughs> who are you... Who are you telling, nigga? I literally have to, like, after I say, oh, my God, I don't know where this is going. Like, what's happening? And then I literally have to go back and say, don't tell me. Don't tell me what's happening. I'm not asking you to tell me what happened. I don't want you to drop whatever it is because maybe they enjoy you enjoying it, but. I mean, the, the thing is that I've had people who have, like, not spoiled anything, like, the entire time, and then they'll randomly just, like, spoil something out of the midair, and I'll be like, what the uh, fuck is this? They were this? waiting. <laughs> and I'm just, it's, I don't know, maybe it's, like, a mixture of excitement that, you know, like, oh, someone else is into the same thing as me, so, like, yeah, let's talk about it, like, I want to talk about it, like, blah, 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 blah. And for the moment, you feel like you forget. And, like, I can kind of understand it in that concept, but then, like, for the people who just come out of nowhere with a spoiler... It's almost as though it's just like, do you have no one else to talk to about this? Is that why, is that why you're here? Because, like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, 
It is what it is. I mean, you are right, though. Like, niggas are just going to have to have harder hearts. Like, they think they're trying to help you. Which, that doesn't make... I mean, uh, from... Well, I feel like from a reactor's point of view, you spoiling the reactor ruins the content that you supposedly are enjoying. So why would you do it? It's counterproductive. But hey... You know, that's just me being logical. You can't so stop fuck me, people I guess. on the internet from nonsensical. Oh, shit. oh yeah. Well, yeah. That is that is never a rule. I'm not about to argue with idiots. It's probably a bad idea. Even though I get into it with all of them myself, but we should all just take a minute and learn. So I just, feel like you're good at one and doneers, though. That's true. That's true. Well, it's like it's a boom bam, and then it's over. It's like, what else are you gonna say to that? I <laughs> like, got your ass already. <laughs> I, but I don't. But I. But as I said, like if these are people what did who are you like, do to get banned on Facebook? This this also happens occasionally. Then I look at like <laughs> what the what the comment is. I'm like, you sensitive soft motherfucker. Like please. Oh my god. But we're not going to get into that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, I, I I think your point is a valid one, and I just I wish that we had better content providers and ones that, I were, agree. that were more tailored to the needs of the audience instead of like these very ge- like general purpose like especially blog formats are really just not i don't know something about it i've been maybe because i've been staring at them for 20 years and i see very little evolution as far as um you know the the, the structure and how things are delivered that i'm just sort of i'm kind of over it uh Oh. And Twitter is not helped because on the one hand, it's if you want to get spoiled on something, please go to Twitter. That is the best that is like the best oh, yeah. to get instantly spoiled on anything that you care about. But the weird part is Especially that Especially like, on My Hero Academia Day. Oh my god. But imagine like that the fan sort of uh community that you can publicly join and be involved in the discourse is also the one that's going to ruin your enjoyment of the series. That seems like a problem. <laughs> that is that is the most accurate thing I've ever heard about Twitter, and they're fucking in the standums. Yeah. Like, yes. It's very. very wow, awkward. isn't that horrible? <laughs> that you can't even like enjoy it with a sense of community because the community is going to ruin it for you. Yeah, and they'll ruin it for you not like aggressively. They'll ruin it for you like thinking that they're helping. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, do you have like, you ever have like a, a relative, like an aunt or a cousin, someone who's like older, and they like, they see you out here trying to, like, let's say you're 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 in the midst of college or you're in high school or whatever, and you you're struggling, but you're like having regular struggles, and then un unsolicited, they either like do something to air quotes try to help you, but like ultimately it's like this is not helping at all. It's making me feel worse. It's like, oh, don't don't worry, like. It's getting a getting a, a D minus in this class is not the biggest thing in the world. Like, great, I wasn't thinking about that, but like now, now I am. So wonderful. Yes, <laughs> too much to the point where that's why my ass is alienated up here in New York. Well, see, that's what I mean. <laughs> Just oh man, let's all try to understand each other a little bit better, and don't think no. you're helping by posting a spoiler. It is oh, not okay. Helpful. Sorry. Okay, I was gonna be like, some of you niggas don't need to be understood. You just need to be educated. Uh, <laughs> or quiet. You could just be quiet. Yeah, or quiet too. Quiet, quiet works too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, what, what fandom did I try to like engage with? Actually, no, I don't try to engage with any particular fandoms on Twitter unless it's like BL um, Twitter, simply because I can engage with the BL people because I don't care. That's the funny thing. I don't care about BL spoilers as long as it's not like a um, a, um an ongoing series. If it's an ongoing series, I'll be like, I'll be just like I am with anything else. But usually a lot of BL are like, you know, one volume and done. That's what I was so going to say. Like, like, according to you, some of these BLs be short as fuck. Yeah, they're short as fuck. So like, to be honest, it's just like, ooh, ooh, what was that? What was that panel? Oh, let me go read this shit. Like, that's the only part of Twitter I kind of like, well, I don't even interact with it. I don't even be like, I be bookmarking and I be moving it on. <laughs> but hey, that's do. the only side of Twitter that I would even like consider like even like interacting with on a regular basis or that I actively seek out because uh, spoilers kind of just don't exist over there. Like everyone is literally just looking for like their own thingamabob. And like once you find it, you're like, source, please. Thank you so much. And you move on. Yeah, the worst. But, the, I, I think I've said this before. Despite like my my loathing for certain certain series, the worst or weirdest or like least uh, uh, what's the right word for this? L- least wholesome fan base I've ever run across is Sonic the Hedgehog fans. I don't even. Oh my god! I remember the day that I witnessed this. I, oh, I, I follow one account who had posted something really funny that was not related to that. And then I kept getting their recommends, and I'm like, why is everything this person recommends related to, like, weird shit happening with, like, Sonic the fucking Hedgehog? Like, I don't give a shit about this. But, like, through that lens, I, de- I didn't unfollow them because I was very curious, because I don't give a shit, and I, like, whatever. But the more I was, like, having this little window into that fandom, the more I'm like, I do not want to know anything more about these people. Like, it, like everything is wrong. I didn't you say they have a lot of pedophiles? They have a big pedophile problem. I just, I, oh man, it's like every three weeks, um, a moderate, small to moderate content creator is outed as a pedophile. Every every three weeks or so. uh, To be honest, it's like a lot of people are out here are just stupid, just dumb i'm sorry it just it does not make any sense like even just like from crip from a criminal point of view like you are a content creator on something that primary like that could that actually has a huge like younger audience and you prey on them in public yeah it's uh, that's the craziest part that's like that's public that's fucking insane to me like uh, uh I remember that shit that went down with that Pokemon guy. And that's like, I forgot that's like his name. some OG internet drama. I well, I thought there was one that was recent that was like 2018 or 19. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, like, for internet time. Oh, oh, okay. OG. I was like, there was something before this nigga? Like, oh my God. There's the, oh man, it's, what is this guy's name? This It's like an internet meme now, and I'm like totally forgetting. Uh,. I'll remember it before we before we sign off. But like, there's a legendary. Uh, is it? So- there we go, Sonichu. This dude 
I've heard that name. Christian Weston. I've heard that name. This, this, the legend of this individual, man. <laughs> Fucking crazy. But I'm not going to get into it. Also, if I go too hard, I might be ableist. So I'm going to just leave it there. If you all want to know about Sonichu, just look up Know Your Meme. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to leave it right there. Okay, yeah, I guess. Well, I found the name of the, the Decador. Oh, I don't know that one. But see, that's what I mean. I like, don't know that one either. There was another one. Okay, that means there's just too many. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we, like, this is just... <laughs> need to go down that this, like, we shouldn't be dealing with, like, pedophilia at all in the video game community. Or, like, in just, like, a, well, ever, anywhere. But, like, come on. The fact that the, the community has a regular unveiling yeah just like <laughs> that that that's really fucking bad on the one hand it's, it's bad on the other hand i guess i should be happy that they're getting rid of them when they find them but like true it, true but it's sort of like why people don't go to the doctor because sometimes you just don't want to know sometimes you're like yeah I, I i could have cancer but like if i could just like live a few more years and not be thinking about it every day but like realistically it's better to excise the the problem i will say about like a pokemon cards which is related like do you see that stampede in new jersey um what like a couple of days ago no that they i guess what happened there's some wild shit going on we, at some point we should just talk about this in general because i've like lost the thread on like pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and all that other stuff not I, I do think... know, like, the Pokemon card stuff is huge, because I think, what, like, Logan Paul and shit does that shit now? Yeah, like, in the last on Twitch? two years, yeah. this, this, like, card pack opening meta. Yeah, it's huge! It's fucking huge, and I guess recently some Pokemon cards sold for, like, $100,000, and, yeah. and uh, the Pokemon company is, like, not, you know, they're, they don't really operate on demand, they just sort of print what they print. And I guess they mm-hmm. severely underestimated the impact of all these like viral um, uh, influencers who are getting into just opening card packs and then you know s- selling or scalping uh, cards and shit. And it just got to a point where I think in New Jersey there was a they found out that there was going to be a new shipment because they had been out for a long time, and there were lines going around the this um, I think it was it was a Target. There were just lines at 7 a.m. waiting for it to open, and then people just stampeded in. And there were, like, folks who got into, like, physical fights, you know, at the register and trampling each other. Some, like, 35-year-old dude, uh, like, was assaulted by a group of other guys for, like, getting in first, and it was funny. That's why why, um, some Walmarts and Targets are not stocking them anymore. Because I think it, it may have been wow. a, a... Was it also at a Target where someone pulled out a gun on somebody? Yes, it was. Yeah, they, pull out, they pulled a gun what? on someone over Pokemon cards. Okay. Um, it was like a couple weeks I ago. I didn't know that. I knew that people were making a lot of money off of it. Because of just like the... Because some of my like streamers that I watch for like gacha gaming, yeah. they've completely transitioned into just to, to the Pokemon shit. The Pokemon card stuff. Like they they still cover gotcha games I guess a little bit but their their streams like are banging when they do the Pokemon card openings and they make a lot of money off of it. Yeah, no, they're interesting. I mean, I, pa- like pack opening or like or gift opening or box opening has been like a huge thing on the internet. My um my goddaughter 
when I was like living out in DC, she was very young. I think she was maybe like four at the time. But her mother mm-hmm. was telling me that like the only thing she watched on YouTube were were these like Kinder Egg cracking videos. And I was like, I knew of the candy, and I kind of knew there was like a toy inside or whatever. But I went and I looked yeah. at what the average um, view count was for some of these like medium sized Kinder Egg channels. And we're talking like into the the millions for just watching what's essentially a set of hands. Open Wait, up millions, a, mil, millions with an M. What? Just watching people open this candy and check what toy was inside. So it's been a huge thing, and the idea that, like, you know, some of these things that we grew up with, um, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon cards and everything else, would have a resurgence in that meta for YouTube and for uh, social media um, is not crazy to me. So it doesn't doesn't come out of nowhere. I've just been paying no attention to it. But them motherfuckers are insane. Like, I'm not pulling no guns on anybody for any merchandise at all, unless I own it and they're trying to rob me. Yeah. That's another thing. I feel like that's super dangerous for like all of y'all to be there at the same time. It's like, okay, but as soon as you leave checkout, that means there's like hundreds of niggas there waiting to like murk you. Yes, we but the thing is that niggas should know this. We've been down this road before with everything else. I I, <laughs> I guess there's nothing oh. new under the sun. Maybe that's the lesson here. I'm honestly, I'm honestly like baffled. I, I can't believe they're really acting. That, actually, yes, no, I can't believe because they act this way over like video game systems and shit like that. Yeah, I do know. I have not, not a personal friend, but a friend of a friend um, had a PS5 ship to their home and they caught somebody. Because remember, like they were home when the thing showed up and they essentially had gotten to a physical altercation with someone who was trying to steal it from them. The person, basically, the delivery person put it at the door, they rang, and walked away. In the 30 seconds it took for this person to get from wherever they were in their apartment to where the package was, they intercepted somebody trying to take it and run off with it and got into a fight on the street. What? Yes. This is back in... uh, In 30 seconds? This is back in October. Yeah, it was less than a minute. I know... I know... Where they were at. Oh, it was back in October. Oh, so them niggas was looking for them hoes. Yes, then. absolutely. They, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a big wow. package where, like, you can't just, like, pick it up and walk away. You had to sort of do something. So that's wild that somebody's, like, saw the thing get dropped off. And then it was like, all right, I'm go- I'm fixing the steal right now. And got caught. You know what? I wouldn't even be surprised if some of them were even following the trucks. It wouldn't be crazy. if I mean, we're way off topic, but, like... The, those uh, <laughs> those like bait box videos that I see sometimes. I love those. Those are they're so good. And the people that do, they're like, man, what the fuck, man? I told you we shouldn't. I'm like, you fucking idiot. Yeah, just you deserve. Don't be stealing, y'all. I I get it. Life is hard. It's real hard. It's hard for everybody. But just just don't steal. Or if you're gonna steal, just steal from white people. I mean, uh, just don't steal. I mean, yeah, I, know I mean, I was gonna say something else similar, but you said you said that first. <laughs> um, I mean, to be honest, y'all, I don't, I don't really see the rush in getting a PlayStation Five. There's no like super duper exclusive on there for me right now. So until they start releasing all the JRPGs exclusively on there, I'm just gonna get one when I get one. Like, I want Intergrade Final Fantasy VII Intergrade. Like, I do. really, I do, but I'm, but look, I'm a, I'm a shill for Final Fantasy VII, so. 
it's not a lot oh, of games. So you you were gonna replay it yeah, in any iteration. Yeah, and, and again okay. it's not a, from what I can see, it's not like a ton of game that I'm getting for that big investment. So it's not I'm not I'm not like have I don't have this burning desire to get a PS five before it comes out. I would just like to. But if I had mm-hmm. to wait another year, to be honest, I don't think I'd be missing much. Oh yeah, no, that I'm that's what I feel like I'm going to be doing. Maybe like not until like maybe this Christmas season or afterwards. Yeah. Also, I might even be look for like a a fresh like used one or whatever because I I keep forgetting about like the secondhand um, what is it called the report cards? Report cards are a great time to get some good shit. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's if they're like you know the parents are like that, but that it used to be. I heard about that trick that some guy he like really wanted a fucking PlayStation Three when it came out. And he was like, oh, no, I just go on, like, eBay or Craigslist around when, like, report cards go out. And he was like, that, and that, that's why I searched my deals, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he got a brand new one, too, I think for, like, 100 bucks off. Because the parents was like, yeah, we had just bought this nigga this shit for Christmas. And this bum-ass no. motherfucker couldn't even get above a C. Yeah, and no, he's not getting it anymore. I was like, damn. Now, look, I'm, I don't. I care so little about children that I will never try to find out when report cards come out. <laughs> but that's a good strategy. I'm not I'm not downing the strategy. So yeah, I think we've we've gone through everything there is to go through and dragged oh, yeah. people need to be dragged. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um do you have any recommendations? My recommendations is Fruits Basket. Watch Fruits Basket. It's worth it. Do I have any recommendations? Do I want to? Maybe a better way of thinking. Do I want to recommend the thing I was reading? Oh, no. Are you reading something like. Ugh, so, did I. I don't like know if nigga, I mentioned like this nigga one, dog last again? week or um, The Beginning After the End, which is. The Beginning After the End. I may not have. I don't know. It. I remember you. you you're. You were mentioning you were mentioning several manwas last week. Yeah, so the I was I think I, I basically caught up to this uh, manwa the beginning after the end, and um, I think I originally started reading it because I mistook it for the what's the other one that everybody likes that that got the Mushoku Tensei. Um, I, I they just looked the same, or like the cover of it looked the same. So I was like, oh, is this just the translation obviously it's not but the beginning after the end is another one of these like reincarnation isekai but it's a it's a manhwa and the uh-huh. general plot is that a king from another dimension uh who has like you know unrivaled strength and blah 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 um dies and he's sort of reincarnated in in a fantasy world um to get a second chance at life and the, the usual kind of stuff happens, and from what I understand, I feel like the opening act of the story is essentially just copying Mushoku Tensei. Like, oh, I wouldn't even say like it's not even like a uh, they try to disguise it that they're just copying it, but it kind of veers off into its own thing relatively quickly, and um, it's pretty good art. Um, one of the reasons I wound up reading it and getting interested in it was number one there's an effort to develop a magic system that is that actually is interesting despite the fact that the main character is a little bit overpowered i mean they have plot armor so they're not gonna die 
but like there are limits, and so it's a, so there's a little bit of restraint, I guess is what I'm saying. There's a little bit of restraint on this side of story. Number two, I think the the characters that are introduced are are once you once they kind of get off of the Mushiku Tensei thing and sort of go into their own story, I think the the characters uh-huh. are genuinely interesting. And I, and the third thing, which I only kind of it only became apparent like once the story, maybe chapter twenty or twenty five, about a quarter of the way through what they've got out so far. So here's the issue, right? Usually when you've got these reincarnation stories, um, two things are true. Thing number one, the age of the person in the series is depicted as different than their actual real age. So if a salaryman dies and is reincarnated somewhere else, he is, in my mind, still a 35, 40, 50-year-old adult. Even if the story is now revolves around young children, to me that's always a problem, and not just from like a weird, creepy shit, but just from like a narrative point of view. I can't relate to children as an adult, and even if I was suddenly thrust back into the body of a younger person, I would still carry with me a lot of the prejudices and ideas that I would have as an adult, even if I knew yeah. I can't let them know. So this series actually deals with it in a pretty adult way because on like this, it goes out of its way on multiple occasions to point out that the main character sees everybody around him as a child. Even people who are oh. older than he is inside of the city because he's already lived a full life till the end of life. So like it comes up a few times or not a few times because he is a much more adult character as uh, women, especially young women. And I actually think this is real. This is actually a real thing. They notice how much more mature he is. And for some that is attractive. And then for him, he's like, it's great, but I, I, I just see you as a, as a kid. So we're not going to do that. So that did a lot for me to get over my, one of my big, discuss i don't know what you want to call it just the the creepy feeling i get reading a lot of these types of stories is that like i don't like i don't like fantasies where old men get to fuck around with young people and this story does a lot to try to more than just contextualize it um deal with the contradiction and you know it, it still has something for those people who want that part of the story but it 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 takes pains that other series don't that's thing number one. Thing number two is um, there's not a clear direction for what the character wants to do that is driven by their past life, which is another problem I have with a lot of these series. Is like, I was treated poorly when I was, you know, in my other world, and in this world I'm going to, you know, get my revenge or whatever. No, this guy had a pretty fulfilling, be- fine life. He just didn't have a family. So really the story is about building a family. It's not about. Oh, it's not, yeah. I mean, there's action and there's other things that are happening, but the conviction of the character is just to cherish the people close to them, um, and have like a mother, a father, a siblings, things that he did not get to have when, you know, he was in the other world. So it's a weird sort of inverted isekai because you're going from one fantasy world and isekaiing the character and reincarnating them in another fantasy world. So that's a little off the beaten path um, because the fantasy world he comes from has no magic, but martial arts and technology. And the world he goes to has magic, but not martial arts or technology. So I thought that was a a neat thing. That's about it. So the beginning after the end. Well, 
that is it for this week so you guys go to youtube uh, there's another ghost stories video but we also did the first episode of our like first impression stuff so actually comment on it and like let us know what you think it's going to be small tidbits because i we were planning to do like multiple things in one video and then the, the videos are like 25 minutes each and y'all ain't watching that shit so <laughs> it's going to be multiple like very um multiple girls or whatever for right now and then we'll move on to another series that i haven't seen so this first time is going to be with james doing pretty cure oh. <laughs> and then uh, next will be me doing something else that i haven't seen that you know we we shall we shall see. But there will be more ghost stories coming. But watch the pretty cure shit too. Like it's it's funny, okay? We know it's funny. I know it's funny because I'm I'm laughing my ass off as I edit it. Okay, just watch it. Um, but you can follow us on YouTube at Anime Savants. Um, also on Twitter, Anime underscore Savants, and then regular Anime Savants on Facebook, Instagram, and. Uh, Oh, TikTok. Also, we do have ads running. So I know a lot of like new people probably have shown up thanks to the, I did a different like format. I did like a, an everyday ad. So um, if you see us advertising stuff on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, that is us. So, you know, you can share it in your, in your Facebook, in your Facebook and your Instagram story. You know, it, it, um, it's just a button press or two, three. Yeah. Yeah, hook, hook oh. us up. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, like what James said last week, rate us. Whether it's on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, a rating does a lot of help to spread the good word. It gets us up the rankings, more exposure, more content, you know the deal. Um, so it really helps out. But uh, yeah, you can always hit me up at Neural Handshake on Twitter. Um, and also I, I monitor and watch the Anime Savants um, Facebook group and the uh, show page. So if you have questions, comments, ideas for things we should be looking at, watching, stuff we missed, feel free reach out to us either well through your social media of choice. We've got all kinds of options, and of course YouTube. In the YouTube comments, we pay attention to those. We pay attention to who's watching, what they're watching. So if there's idea, you have ideas. I know everybody says more ghost stories, but eventually ghost stories must end. So it should be something that comes next. Feel free to reach out to us and. Yeah, we'll uh, take a look at anything that looks good or funny or terrible. Or terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yes. <laughs> Since y'all like terrible. So, okay, that's it. Bye. Peace out.